hey, I'm into this uh, idea that uh, I have this word that is guiding my thinking as I'm moving into 2023. And I hope that you consider doing that sort of thing for your own life, that you would seek after the Lord to have a word that uh, would kind of shape your life and your thinking and uh, as you enter into a new year. And I do this every year, Suzette and I both do. My guiding word for 2023 is the word now. Everybody say now. Now, and so working inside of me is this idea that embracing now means I'm going to let go of the past. In other words, people that were part of the past but are not part of my now, I got to let go of that, right? I'm going to let go of past successes. I'm going to let go of past failures. I'm going to let go of past heartaches, past disappointments. I'm going to let go of past victories so that I can live with God in the now, that I'm embracing what is now, that I'm embracing this is my life now. And so all of us have had seasons and chapters of our life that have come and gone, but here's where you are now. You've got the job you've got. You've got the spouse you've got or not. Uh, you have the kids you have. You have the income you have. All that is in your life now. And, and learning to embrace what is going on now, living in the present moment. So I've got a scripture that is sort of shaping my approach, and I hope that you would find some scripture that kind of gives you directive as you pray through what your word for 2023 is. So 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 is the scripture that I am kind of working off of, meditating on, uh, mulling over, praying. It says, working together with him, with God, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time or at the time of favor, I listened to you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time or now is the day of favor uh, now is the day of salvation. So there is grace for now. There is favor for now. There is salvation for now. Salvation is not just a ticket to get us into heaven. <laughs> salvation is all that God wants to do in our life, all that Jesus uh, purchased for us by his work on the cross in his resurrection, right? So it's all for now. So today, I want to talk about this idea for a few moments. I want to talk about believing now. Believing now. There's a little piece of scripture that um, I think describes a great transitional moment. And in, uh, in, at the moment, it probably, that it happened, I don't think anybody really thought that big a thing of it, but, but it really was a, a marker for what used to be and what is now, what is going to be. And I think there are some uh, insights into this 
that can help us to embrace the now season, the new season. Maybe you've been through a bunch of stuff in the past couple, two or three years. Uh, We've all definitely had our world shaken by the pandemic and by what it's done for uh, shopping, what it's done for the way that we live. Uh, There's so much stuff going on. And I think finding our bearings now is an important thing. So just two verses I want to read and, and kind of come off of these and share a few thoughts with you. Mark 1, verse 14. After John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel or the good news of God. And he was saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel or believe in the good news. So I got four little hooks I just want to talk about that I think Jesus is referring to. Number one is this. I want us to think fulfilled instead of ending. So the Bible doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say the time of John is ended He says the time of John is fulfilled. He filled it up. I have a hard time, in all honesty, with transitions, transitions with people, transitions with how we do things. And I realize that you have to keep moving on when people are not present anymore. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to think about not so much that thing came to an end, but that actually came to a fulfillment. Here's what's interesting to me about this. After John, Jesus came. In other words, God embodied what he wanted to do in a person. So obviously Jesus is on a whole nother level as a person coming into our life, but the Bible does say that Jesus set aside his deity and lived as a man uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want us to to consider as we, we look at this for a moment, that seasons in your life and chapters in your life and revelations in your life and insights usually center around the people that are in your world. The people that are, there are people that are bringing positive. There are people that can bring negative. There are people that everybody has a grace. Everybody has an anointing. There are some people you get around and you just get inspired to care and love and have mercy. Um, There are other people you get around and they've just got a, a thing on them for worship. There's somebody else you could get around. They've got a thing on them for flourishing and prosperity and blessing and favor. And I'm just saying to you, as I look back over the years of my life, especially my years of walking with the Lord, really even my years before I walked with the Lord, people that were in my world made a huge difference. Uh, Negative people affected me negatively. Positive people affected me positively. There are people that are in your world, and I would say it'd be a good idea to stop, 
to pause and go, who's on my team this year? Who's on my team right now? Maybe they were on your team in the past, but that time is fulfilled. That time is over. Also want to add this idea that if somebody's time is fulfilled and over in your life, don't you dare go chasing somebody down to try to keep them in your world. Amen. There's, we got to reframe endings to see them as fulfillments. We got to look back and go, that chapter is over. We got to look back and go, you know, they were part of the story in my life, but they're not a part of the story now. You may be able to look back and go, you know, I had this job and it was what God supplied as my channel of resource, but that season is over. That time is over. There could be us looking at how things are done and we just go, I got to recognize we're living in a new day. So what some people saw as the end of an era, God saw as the beginning of an era. I don't know what you feel like you've lost, but can I just say, you're still alive, you're in this room, and it's maybe not the end of things, maybe God's bringing you into a brand new beginning. And Jesus is announcing this, listen, I, I respected John, uh, he was a forerunner, but the way things were in John's day is not the way things are gonna be in Jesus' day. When Jesus comes on the scene, things change dramatically. And I wanna say we all have to learn to adapt to the new chapter, to the now chapter. The end of a chapter is not the end of the book, thank God. The end of one thing usually is opening the door for another thing. The second uh, idea that is in this passage is Jesus says the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's close at hand. The kingdom of God is this is the way God does things. This is the way God operates. How many of you know the way God operates and the way God does things and the way God thinks is very different than the way the world thinks or the way the world operates? The kingdom of God close at hand is the operation of God, the authority of God. And what the Bible is telling you and I is this, it's very near, it's at hand. The Greek gives a picture of a hand that's about ready to slam down on a desk and it's just about there. What God wants to do in your life is not that far off if you can accept it. You might be thinking God is way off and I got a long ways to go to reach out to him, but can I tell you the kingdom of God is at hand. It's very near. It's very now. And the way God wants to work in your world now is fresh. 
It's new. It's now. It's near. It's not like you need some big thing, some miraculous over-the-top thing. The truth is part of now is discerning what is God up to right now in my life. The third idea that I want to talk about out of this passage is the concept of repenting. Repent, that is, get a new mental model. So Jesus said the kingdom is at hand, so repent and believe in the gospel. We think of repentance as kind of turning over a new leaf or, you know, new forms of behavior. But the reality in the Bible is to repent means to change your mind. It means to change your way of thinking. It means to get a new mental model about how you approach life. Every new kingdom at hand requires a new repentance. You know, Suzette and I have led this church for 33 years, and the truth is we don't do things the same as we used to do them 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Every new kingdom at hand requires a new mental model, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things because the time is fulfilled, because the kingdom is at hand, it's time to change your mind. Turn and look at your neighbor. Say, time to change your mind. Okay, some of you are not even used to doing that at all. It's time to change your mind. Things are not the way they used to be. And we got to embrace that and understand God is near. Adjust your mental model for that. All right, now this is what I really want to talk about for the next few moments. Number four is I want to encourage you to be a believer now. So Mark 1.15, here's Jesus saying this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We are all called to be believers. Not just behaviors, but believers. We often call behaving righteousness, but Jesus actually calls believing righteousness. God is not, I'm not, I'm not for bad behavior. Don't misunderstand me. Good believing creates good behavior. But what I am saying is sometimes we assess our right standing with God out of our behavior. And God says, I'm not after your behavior changing. I'm after your believing changing. Because when your believing lines up with my way of thinking and my way of doing things, what you believe is the same as what I believe, that turns in to righteousness. Look at this uh, verse Galatians 2, verse 16, out of the message, says, we know very well that we are not set right with God by 
rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. Convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. So in other words, if you fast or not, that's not the issue. If you get to church on time or not, that's not the issue. Be better if you did. But convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement, we believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. So we could change some of the outward behaviors. You know, you can stop smoking, you can stop drinking, you can stop chewing, you can stop chasing, you can stop cussing, but still be mean and negative and ornery and argumentative and unable to cooperate. Amen. Jesus encounter with a couple of guys, Matthew 9, 27. Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out, have mercy on us, son of David. After he had come into the house, the blind men came up to him. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, be it done to you according to your faith. Be it done to you the way you believe. And their eyes were open. This, uh, this, this word that's uh, translated done, it could be translated to come into being. Let it come into being according to your faith. Let it happen according to your faith. Let it become for you. Let it happen to you. Let it happen for you the way you believe. Matthew 9, 29 in the message says this, become what you believe. That's what Jesus said to these guys. They were looking for a new day, a new season. Jesus said, okay, do you believe I can do this? Become what you believe. Now, I want you to understand this. You might think, I don't have that much faith, but you believe something about everything. You have a viewpoint. Our entire lives are shaped by our faith, what we really believe. So what you believe about God eventually comes to pass in your life. What you believe about the word of God, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about how life is supposed to happen, what you believe about money, what you believe about church, what you believe about relationships, you will become what you believe. 
your faith shapes your world. So if you believe God is a good God who loves to bless, who loves to surround us with favor as a shield, Psalm 5, verse 12, right? If you believe that God's a good God, you're going to experience the goodness of God. If you believe that God is mainly interested in you going through trials and tribulations, you're going to go through a lot of trials and tribulations. If you believe life is abundant, then you're going to live abundant. But if you believe life is full of scarcity, you're going to live in scarcity. Become what you believe. If you believe that you are living on mission in life, then your life will move forward with a sense of mission. If you just believe for maintenance, just bare survival, that's going to be your life. Now, I know somebody's going, yeah, that's great. And somebody else is going, what you talking about, Willis? What you believe about yourself ultimately is going to shape your life. If you believe you're a giant killer, then you might kill a few giants. But if you look at some of the giants and you say, I'm just a grasshopper in my sight, what you believe about who you are in Jesus, about what you have in Jesus, is going to end up shaping your world. If you, if you believe that there's a bunch of resource flowing in this planet, which there is, you can be generous. You can let it flow. But if you are small-minded and scarcity-minded about financial resource, more than likely, you're going to become stingy and you're going to shrink your own world. If you, if you think people are a blessing, then there's going to be people that bring blessing into your life. But if you think people are all out to rip you off, guess what's going to happen? Can you hear what I'm saying? You will become what you believe. That's why it's important to change the way we think to walk according to the way God says we should walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So our navigation system toward life is actually inward more than outward. We're not just responding to the news outside of us. We're actually responding to the Word of God. We're responding in faith to what the promise of God is. So we create our own life from what's going on within us. Faith says, I'm going to rest the weight of my life on God's promise. Amen. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest the weight of my life on God's character. I don't care what they say on the news. God's character and God's promise is far greater than that. There's somebody flourishing right now. You can be too. When my faith, your faith is resting on God's faithfulness, not on the circumstances we see, it starts to shape our world. 
couple of scriptures, Romans 1.17 says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous man shall live, the Greek word zoe, so not just survival, bios, survival, but the righteous man shall live in that zoe, abundant life by faith. Hebrews 10.38 kind of says the same thing. My righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Can I just tell you that God wants you to keep moving forward? No shrinking back. Faith keeps saying, I believe God for the future. I believe God for the now. Ephesians 2, verse 8. I'm headed towards something, so just remain, hang in there with me. Verse 8. By grace, you have been saved through faith. That faith is not even of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Grace, God's unearned favor on our life. It's the gift of God. So whatever God does in your life, it happens by grace. You don't earn it. You receive it. You receive forgiveness by faith. You receive healing by faith. You receive favor and blessing and open doors of opportunity by faith. You become what you believe. In um, the book of Colossians, New Living Translation says, you're holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. So the Bible is saying you got to keep believing. Don't stop. Believing. You, if my behavior is not always what I want it to be, I can still believe that God gives me the gift of righteousness. If things aren't lining up exactly the way I want to see them line up, I can still walk in faith, believing. Faith apprehends grace. What's given is not ours, the Bible says, until we apprehend it, until faith says, I believe God is faithful to his word. That's when we get it. So Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. We're trying to please him with behavior. He wants believing. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Aren't you glad God is a rewarder, right? The Bible says without faith, without believing, it's impossible to please him. What 
pleases God? Faith. What pleases God? Believing. Now listen, because I think this is so important. You see this in character after character throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some of these guys never experienced the fulfillment of the promise that God gave them, but their assignment in life was to carry that promise in their spirit with faith. And my assignment and your assignment is leave the results with God, but keep holding on to the promise God has given you with faith. So we believe that God is a rewarder. Not was a rewarder, not will be a rewarder, but what is. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of the things you hope for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith is, or let me say it this way, faith is now. I'm talking about the word now. So, listen, life can be cruel. Life can knock you around. Stuff that seems unfair can happen to you. And the potential is you can drift away from being a believer. You're kind of a behavior, but you're not really holding on to the promise of God. Your spirit can grow cold. In other words, it's possible to stop being a believer even though you're still doing church stuff or Christian stuff. Here's, here's where we don't want to find ourselves. I used to be a believer. Now I'm just a knower. I just, I know all the stuff. I know the words. I know the messages. I know the songs. I know the protocol. It's possible that any one of us, we could be around long enough to know a few things, but what we know is not actively believing God. My, my message today is about being a believer now. It's possible for us to start making up reasons why God could not possibly work this situation out. And Jesus is saying to you, to me, hey, I want you to be a believer in the gospel. Be a believer in the good news. Hey, I've said this before, but I'll keep saying it over and over. Sometimes people think all oh, that, all that positive Pollyanna, believe in God for his promises. You don't understand life. No, here's what I'm telling you. It takes strength to keep believing in good news. 
There's so much bad news. Listen, negative is easy. Sarcasm is easy. Doubting is easy. Weeds growing in the garden are easy. Quitting is easy. And Jesus is painting a picture of something that I think is helpful for us today. He says, the time past is fulfilled. The page has turned. The kingdom is at hand. It's near. It's now. Come on, anybody want to get a hold of near and now? What God is doing. So he says, change your mental model. In other words, face this chapter. Face 2023 full of faith, full of confidence in God, full of certainty about God's sure keeping of his promise. Come on, let's trust God to be with us in 2023. Hey, I wanna pray with you guys. I'm asking you to bow your heads. I'm not in a hurry in this moment because I do believe that there are some of us that we might know a lot, but that believing, holding on part of us has kind of drifted off kind of gone cold. Maybe, maybe you've never been taught like this, how important it is to believe the promise of God and believe the character of God. But I, wanna, I just want to pray for you today. Father, every person that's in this room, every person that's watching online, Father, we've all faced stuff that has tried to knock us off course, but we are here to say, we trust your faithfulness. Whatever is done is done, and we leave it as done, as the fulfillment has taken place. And Father, right now, we change our thinking. Lord, we lean in. Your promise is sure. Your faithfulness is sure. Your character is sure. I believe that you're gonna bring healing. You're gonna bring provision. You're gonna bring hope. You're gonna bring restoration into every life in Jesus' name. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, could I just take a minute? Maybe you are really not secure in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never actually surrendered to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Let's start that journey. It is a journey, but it takes a first step. Maybe you're here today and you could say, you know, all honesty, used to be close to God, used to walk with God in a real and meaningful way, but you know you're not there now. Something's happened, you've made bad decisions, somebody's hurt you, something's taken place to knock you off course. Come on, today, let's get it right. Let's come back home. Or maybe you just don't feel confident about where you stand with God. Nobody looking around. I just want to take a minute to pray. If you say, Pastor, I, I need to receive Jesus today. I want to open my heart to him. Or I need to come back to God. Or I want to know for sure I'm right with God. That's me. You're talking to me. 
Would you pray with me? If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you. Come on all over the room. God bless you. Anybody else that just wants to say yes? Hey, I'm not, I'm not asking you to get your act together. I'm asking you to open your heart. Anybody else want to be included in this? God bless you all over the room. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, this is for everybody who raised their hand, but I would love for us all to pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up, but I'm coming to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. 